Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? You're all tired from babysitting a little bit? Yeah, yeah. We've had a couple busy days here, so and uh, I am riding solo with Ben, and the house hasn't burned down yet, so um, <laughs> uh, he's got his little iPad downstairs, and I told him that'll be down soon, so... We're good. We're good. We got some free I mean, time. You you start getting to the to where we are on the calendar, and Christmas starts creeping up on you. Like I just looked at Megan the other day. We were sitting there enjoying a nice evening. I look over at her and I go, "Babe, you know what? We better start Christmas shopping soon." <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I got a couple little trinkets that I picked up here and there, but man, I'm in some trouble. So definitely got to get out there. Yeah, um, you, I was I was just going to tell you too like I just had a horrifying thought. I've just left my son downstairs with wrapped presents under the tree. Um let's hope that uh let's hope he behaves himself. <laughs> it'll be fine, man. If he opens them just tell him he's orthodox now or something, <laughs> there, you know, like there you go. <laughs> you're on a different calendar from now on, son. Um, uh, speaking of being on a different calendar, you know, a lot of our YouTube comments last week, Jim. Um they were what no Reynolds don't you care about Brian Reynolds? But I mean, who we record this thing before news breaks on occasion. And that's what happened. So there was a lot of takes in that episode that expired before, you know, it came to fruition. That happens. Yeah. It's okay. We accept that. It's part of the problem, part of the job, part of what we're doing. Um, if you the don't dull- hear about a huge news story from us, Chances are it happened after the show. The DeLorean was in the shop and we just, we couldn't do anything about it this time. So (laughs) that's right. So let's start with, with some news. Um, You know, I don't know if you want to have a dance party, uh, Jim, it wasn't taken very kindly, but the pirates win the inaugural draft lottery. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had a 16.5% chance to win it. Um, They finished uh, in third position. The Reds, even though they had the same exact record as the Pirates, uh, finished in fourth, technically. And they fell all the way out of the top six. They fell to seven. Uh, The A's fell from second to sixth. Um, And the Pirates jumped all the way up from three to one to get that number one pick. Um what are your thoughts on it, man? I, everything surrounding it, the celebrations of it, the, <laughs> the thought of, of getting it, what it means. Where are you at on this, brother? Well, I mean, you know, look, um, uh, it would be uh, – here's what I would love. I wish that uh, uh, the Pirates this year would be having this just – there hasn't been that can't-miss guy lately that uh, – sometimes is there and it seems like man that would have been nice to when you know like you see the nba draft lottery and there are years where literally and and granted you know it's a different process and guys immediately impact but like 
man, it would be great if there was a Griffey sitting there or a Strasburg or something like that. Harper, where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like transcendent type guys that you feel like are just can't miss. Right. That would have been great. Didn't happen. Um, you know, the, the, the Pirates certainly earned it um, uh, by their on-field play last year. Um, what did you think of the whole – social media thing yeah yeah celebrate game yeah yeah. like what did you think of that part because i'll be i mean i'll be honest man like um i certainly didn't think what you know dayon and dan kingerski thought of it i don't know if you read what what kingerski wrote or dayon had to say about it but i i saw dk's i certainly i certainly don't get to that level i mean like I understand, like, I guess feeling that it's distasteful or whatever, but it's the number one pick. I mean, like, I, 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 I'm happy about it. They should, I feel like it's okay to be happy in the moment that they got a good outcome for something, even if it was for doing something pretty shitty. I mean, they, they've sucked really bad. And, um, would I prefer that they were the Reds and fell all the way to seven or nine or something? No, no, I want that wow. number one pick. If this whole, if they have a chance to overcome everything that baseball and their owner throws at them and all the bad mistakes that they've made just along the way, it's going to come with a little luck. I'll take a freaking ping pong ball. Yeah, it seems like we, yeah, we, we, uh, and look, the Pirates have, have have done this to themselves in a lot of ways, obviously. But the story should be that, hey, they got it. They got the number one pick. It worked out for them. It didn't work out for the other two as well. Um, and not so much the reaction. I saw it initially, Gary. It didn't cross my mind. Then I saw people start to, to you know, kind of mock the reaction a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know what? That's fair. They probably, you know, look a little too excited uh, for the fans' taste. But at the end of the day, it was a good thing what happened. And I mean, sometimes mock, that tends to get lost. Mock the celebration. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I actually, I get it. What Dan Kingersky did, which I'm going to be honest, I've never really read his stuff before. So, I mean, I, it's not who I go to for, for things, but somebody gave it to me because they needed my reaction to it. Apparently. Okay. Well, t- tell me what he said. Cause I did not see it. He just literally just decimated the team. Some of it rightfully. So some of it, a little misplaced, some of it, like forgetting the, the role the league plays in a lot of this stuff, just, you know, typical angry fan type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, like, I don't understand some of these news organizations in particular going out of their way to make people feel stupid for for enjoying something or caring about something when you're actively trying to sell me on it. You go out and hire John Parado to write for you and, and brag about how awesome that is of a get, and then you you basically shit all over everything that he does and everything that he covers. Why would I want to come to your publication to read about the baseball team I follow if all you're going to do is shit on them? 
It's the only peep I've ever heard out of his mouth about the pirates. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, <laughs> like, I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, Dan was doing anything with the pirates. I mean, I just thought he was just pretty exclusively hockey. So yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't believe he is. But that's maybe I'm just why saying, like, it. if that's what you're going to do, I'm not under. I don't understand what my incentive is to think you're going to fairly cover the team. I think you touched on something there that, like. I have been kind of, it's kind of been rattling around and I hadn't thought of, um, and hopefully it, it comes out okay, but the people that go out of their way to make other people feel stupid about what they like um, and enjoy, um, I don't understand that all that much in this situation. Like, you're not you're not enlightening the person that enjoys it. They know it more than anybody that the pirates are in the situation that they're in for a lot of reasons and primarily some of their own issues. So I don't, I mean, that part's tiresome to me. Like if somebody wants to celebrate the fact that they got the number one pick and the first response they get out of that is, I can't believe you're so stupid to like the pirates in baseball. <sighs> what are we accomplishing now in 2022 with the pirates and, and nutting? Everyone knows I, this. Dude, I even saw some, some people like I saw Colin Dunlap comes out and goes, does anyone else think it's weird that nobody high five the coach? Come <laughs> on, dude. Like you guys, you're just trying at this point. Like, Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what 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 it is. We all know what's happening. Some right. of us just like baseball. Get past it. And our yeah. local team, we're going to watch it. And we've like, talked I, about it. Is like you shouldn't have to put a disclaimer in every time you want to talk about the pirates. No, it's like it's like everything you do. It's almost stuff. like if you're if you're somebody that leans Republican, the first thing you have to do is go. I'm not a Trumper, but I like mm-hmm. this. Well, it's baseball is the same way. You got first thing you have to do is go. I hate nutting. He could do more. He should do more. But, and then you say whatever your point is. You know what I mean? Like, it's a prerequisite now to even have a conversation. We know what they are. Can we stop covering old ground? It, it's it's like that with a lot of things, too. Is like whenever there gets to be such, such tis, distaste for something that you can't even talk about the game the night of a ball game about something that happened in it without someone drudging all that up. It's like, I don't know, man. Like I thought it was a good play. Can I just not talk about the play? I or... agree with you. Nutting is the worst hitting coach in the league. So let's, <laughs> let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's pick up where we left off, brother. Okay. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. We, we we got a little derailed in that first segment, but I'm really glad we did. I liked where it went. It was a good conversation, Jim. So let's talk about what pissed everybody off in the first place, really, because I think the offseason did start out rather positive before uh, 
Brian Reynolds and his agent derailed it. Um, for those of you that wanted us to talk about it last week, well, we didn't. It didn't come out before we recorded. And this week we have, I think, the benefit of perspective, really. We've had a little bit of time to think. I've had a little bit of time to talk to people and learn more and read more and heard what other people had to say and, you know, digested everything, Jim. And here's where I land, man. This is really about when Brian Reynolds becomes a free agent. It's about when the pirates see him becoming a free agent. And it's about Brian Reynolds seeing that as a little bit older than he'd like to be and or a little younger than he'd like to be. Um, a lot more than money. I think term really, really sets this thing up. I know you have some takes on that and we will get to it, but before we do, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think he does not get traded. I think the pirates are deadly serious about him playing out his arbitration years, at least for now. Part of me, part of me says, and I, and um, this is before everything broke, obviously. And I had said this, that I did think that they would try. um, Maybe I, I thought maybe they would, start to look at moving him. Then this broke. Then I really swung that way. The problem with this is Gary is, and we, we saw this the last time with the Garrett Cole situation was when you're going out, when you're in the position where you're trying to get better and competitive right now, how do you line up enough to get back at the time you're hoping to start being good. It's a hard, there's only so many teams out there that you can go to anyway. The let's, let's even say it's half the league. Then you have to narrow it down even further because you have to get pieces back that aren't young. Like you, you need major league ready help. It's got to be super close. So that makes it even more difficult And then you start having PTSD over the Colin Morans and the Joe Musgroves of the world. And um, um, that's what got them in that situation. Now, different regime. Hopefully, they wouldn't be that focused on that part of it. But it certainly narrows down the field. I think what what you said is very important. I think Ben Charrington came out and publicly said they wanted to improve in 2023 before this Reynolds news broke. Um, Now, if he's to be believed, he kind of knew that was coming. So my guess is he factored it in, didn't care. (laughs) I mean, the Pirates are going to do what the Pirates are going to do. But once you've come out and said you want to try to improve in 2023, we we discussed, we haven't discussed actually, we haven't done a show since. We should discuss you're not going to win this deal. How do you get better? You're How do you not. get better in the short term? You cannot. You can't. Now, you can do really well and get great prospects and be better one day, but you will not be better now. And it's in the funny meantime, how- everything you've built dies on the vine waiting for it. Right. You can't afford to move him right now. 
It's funny. There's a lot of bad timing on both sides of this, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Uh, Reynolds is looking at a lot of things down the road. He's seeing these d- deals these guys are getting right now that are 30, 31, 32 years old. He's not stupid. You know, he doesn't want to miss time all that and then sit there and be a free agent when he's 34. The best way I could really put it is people don't realize what a St. Andrew McCutcheon was. He signed here and he signed a contract that set him up for entering free agency at an advanced age. And he did that because he wanted to be a pirate that bad. That's how much he loved it here. And he, he, wanted signed, to fin- he wanted to finish what he started, I think, too. He wanted to finish what he started, absolutely. So he signed here for a modest extension, and he played most of it out. Pirates picked up their option year and dealt him to San Francisco, and that's how it ended. But he, he signed an extension that set him up for losing money. Think about it. If he had left here two years earlier, had just finished out his arbitration years as a Pittsburgh Pirate, had, had just gone out on a free agent market two years earlier, coming off an MVP season. Mega deal. Mega deal. He would have gotten a mega deal. Eight, yeah. nine years of, you know, whatever was the biggest back then. Right. Which is incredible how much it's grown in just that short period of time. But he would have gotten a huge deal. Instead of that, Andrew McCutcheon is finishing his career as a journeyman. Bouncing from team to team for stints of a year or two here and there, getting traded at deadlines, you know, chasing numbers to try to get to milestones like 300 home runs. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 2000 hits. Yeah. He's got a lot of them coming up. All great stuff. But Andrew McCutcheon's career turned into that because he signed that extension with the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's the truth. And Brian Reynolds maybe sees that future for himself. He's right in that same age. He would be 31 when, when he hits uh, the free agent market. And if he signs an extension that buys out two years of his free agency, think about it. What's, what's a 33-year-old going to get on the market? A two- or three-year deal? Tops? Yeah, if he was playing really, really you know, if he was still absolutely elite, he could probably get squeeze another year or two out of somebody. But I don't think he wants to risk that. I don't think he wants to bounce around. I Obviously, he wants the security now. Um, and if you're the Pirates, you hope that Jack Sawinski um, turns out and you hope Travis Swaggerty looks good. At some point, and you hope that Kanan Smith and Jigba comes along, and you hope that Matt Gorski is real, and you hope that Matt Frazier bounce back from a bad season, and you hope that so many of these outfielders develop that in a year or two, you can go, okay, Brian, we're ready, and move them. And now then the risk- you can get the kind of prospects you want. You know, now the risk is, is, you know, part of the value of what Brian Reynolds brings contractually right now is those three years of control. So, obviously, the more time passes, the less valuable that gets. How much? 
I don't know. We can debate that on another show down the road if he's still here. But um, that leads me into another point that I really think that people, um, you know, was this an overwhelming response on Twitter? No. But I saw it enough to mention it, which is people talking about Brian Reynolds going to be a problem or not, <laughs> not, not um, give full effort or somehow be some malcontent about it. Listen, I mean, A, it's not, that's not him. And B, he'd have to be the dumbest guy on the planet to intentionally tank the thing that he values most, which is getting a big long-term deal from somebody with a lot of, you know, um, years and value to it by going out and stinking for the pirates. Do you know how many players have, have held out since, uh, 1974 when they changed the rules to you couldn't accrue service time if you held out probably none none yeah well do you know how many of them openly tank (laughs) none it's just have incentive to keep their careers on track yeah i mean it's not gonna happen just from a competitive standpoint um you know telling a guy to go up and give away at bats it doesn't compute why do you think we have they come out and try to ball so that they, when they get to leave, they wind up in their new team standing up there going, look what you lost. Well, they bet on themselves. Yeah. Like they, it so is like that. So let's, 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 let's put that one to bed right there. Um, the other part of this is, and I mentioned to you before we even started, you know, recording tonight, I guess the part that I don't understand a ton is if you gave him a long-term deal and we're talking eight years, do the pirates really believe that they're going to be the ones paying that at the end anyway? I'd, I, we've talked about this many, many times with long-term extensions or deals or whoever you bring in. I don't think that they'd be paying it all anyway. I think it, you're, they, they, you're basically saying if they sign him for eight years, they're going to trade him in six anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it, and and when we're not talking like Juan Soto type numbers or Bryce Harper type numbers, we're talking forty million dollar contracts a year on average. What are we really arguing and worrying about? I, I just don't know why they 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 um, seem to be as worried about that as they are. Joey Votto. I mean, Joey Votto is what they're worried about. They don't want somebody making $25 million a year that can't play anymore. And they're afraid that's what they, that's what would happen to them. And, and it's irrational, I think, for, for certain types of players. I think you have to look at an individual player. And, and know like what what you think they're going to be able to do or how long they're going to last or you know what their body type is what their play style is you know Brian's a hustle guy and, and speed's part of his game contacts part of his game power's part of his game he's kind of well-rounded which should kind of lead you to believe that he would be able to retain a lot of those skills into his older age some of them at least or it's not unfounded to think that he could just decide he's going to be a power hitter now and just start hitting for power. 
a lot of guys do that. Joey Votto did that. And it was very successful for a couple of years. But now Joey can't move. And now it's a wasted contract because they held on too long. You're right. If had they tried to trade him a few years ago, they might have gotten away with it. But people were afraid he was going to deteriorate and he was going to be 40 years old making $25 million. That's not what we're talking about with Brian. We're talking about lock him up till he's like 37, be okay with it. Move him when he's 35, he's still a viable player, right? I mean, there's always a risk in baseball compared to some other sports. Guys, Luke, guys lose it. You Cody just hit Bell- on the word. You just hit on the word, though. Risk. The Pirates it, are risk averse. In my opinion, this time to a ridiculous degree with a guy that has a game that looks like it's pretty well insulated from that. Now, are I there the most co- of the time they're risk averse? Most of the time they're risk averse to a ridiculous level. Yeah. It's not just Brian Reynolds. This well, is their would, MO. Right, but I would prefer it. I mean, if you want to do that with some other players and approaches, great. I, I don't want to if you're if you're always afraid of Joey Gallo or Cody Bellinger then then you'll never get to the point where you're you, you, you're to me it's a calculated risk. I, I get you. I don't. I just don't see it with Brian Reynolds. Now, I mean, we've talked about this all the time, Gary. Like Brian Reynolds at 32, 33 years old should still be a really good ball player. I mean, we've, we're, we're seeing that all the time. You know, it's it's a rare occurrence when someone like we mentioned McCutcheon, where someone at that level and he and he was as elite as elite can be has the problems that he did when he had them. Um, so, man, I just think it's it's just overly, overly cautious. And then that part annoys me. Lots frustrates of, me. Lots of frustrates me. me. Yeah. You know, but like th- this is. Yeah, uh, you, see, you see where I'm going, though, with him? Like I, those last two, three years, I feel like. I see both be sides pirate. of this. I really do. I see the pirates as far as like. You know, I don't know that we feel we need you beyond this, you know, amount of time. Um, but I also see why Brian would rather enter free agency. When I, I mean, like, if I'm Reynolds, to be blunt, and I really don't want to be a pirate, that's the conversation I'm having. I just want to be done when I just want to play out my arbitration years and be done. Because that's the reality. They could ship him someplace that he really hates. Um, like to be, I think if you put him in New York, a lot of people think, oh, he would do great. I think he'd have a real struggle. I don't think it fits his personality to be in a big city like that. And I don't think he'd like it. Just I agree with clear. you on that. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. I can see him in Mackie mentioned San Diego. Now I don't think they have anything to really make that work in a trade, but that's about as, high profiles I see Brian Reynolds being comfortable in and still having a really good team around him. So difficult situation all around, but I guess like, man, I kind of lean towards it's maybe not as dire as the initial reports kind of made everybody feel. Um, boy, that, that, the first report came out and people were up on the bridge. I mean, I get it. 
but I intentionally kind of sat back and didn't talk about it for an entire day because I just wanted to be like, let me let me see. Because well, you know, you know me. I take that to an extreme. I wait. Jeez, I, I'll wait three, four, five days just because, like, yeah. You know, I just want to know, like, and first of all, then more details come out, and then it ch- tends to change your opinion anyway. And I have a recourse so. too. Like, I, I'm not just sitting back waiting for Mackie to dig up more. I can talk to people myself and get mm-hmm. a little bit. But like, it's all in all. I think he's going to be a pirate this year. I think the pirates are pretty legit on that. That's what they want. I think they're making their plans around that this year. So I feel pretty decent. He's going to stay. I don't think anybody's going to blow their doors off. The only way they could is if they gave um, the types of prospects that wouldn't help the pirates for three, four years. And I'm not sure that lines up with the goals this team has right now. Yeah, that's the part that made me back off. I'm like, man, I just don't know how the pirates make that work with what they're trying to do. Right. Um, the only other thing that uh, before we move on that I wanted to bring up with this whole thing is it's interesting that other teams, um, and now granted, these are different markets, but it seems like other GMs don't tend to care about seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road as if they may not even be there anyway. You know, uh, almost like politicians when they're doing things and they're, you know, they're doing it for the now or or the very immediate future. Um, so I'd be curious to know, and we, we don't know, whether this is, is Sherrington putting up um, the hesitation and the fight here or if that comes from above him. Because as a GM, I don't know that I would care. I don't know that why would I care in six years? I don't know where I don't. I, you know what? I'm, do you, you see the point I'm trying to get to? Is I, I I just don't know why I would care as a GM about some of that stuff. So does that mean it comes from higher? I don't. I mean, I would think that would be unlikely. I'll say um, I'll say that's unlikely because. I think that the only reason Brian has a valid contract this year is because nothing made it happen. And I don't think that was just to shut fans up. I think it's because he legitimately wants Brian locked up. Now I will also say if that's true, it's Bob Nutting's team. So Bob Nutting really shouldn't have any pushback on that. Should he? He should be like, Ben, I told you, get it done. And, you know, that's where the theory falls apart. Do I think that he's telling him you can't do X, Y, and Z? No. But I think Ben Charrington thinks he knows better, you know? And he thinks he knows what is smart and what isn't smart. And I think he thinks locking him up until he's older is not smart. Right or wrong, that's what I think they are. And, and you already expressed yourself, and I, I agree with you, brother. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just but, something I thought about with James, man. I don't know that I would care down the road that far. I mean, I will say he's working for a team that kept somebody who was, <laughs> you know, pretty openly failing for three or four years. On, <laughs> you know, like right. you know, Neil Huntington did did good to get them where they, where he got them, but you know, he also really really tumbled down down the end there, and they just <laughs> left it go. 
So, I mean, if I'm Ben Charrington, I'm kind of thinking like, wow, I, I'll be all right. <laughs> he's thinking he's got time for sure, I mean, more yeah, than you would I mean, other, more than you would in other markets. Yeah, he's got his pen ready to sign his extension anytime. You know, he's not as worried about about it as Brian. So let's start with uh, some free agent signings, huh? Because you know, mm-hmm. backing up that the Pirates really mean they want to improve next year, they've gone out and gotten a few people. So the first one that I want to talk about is. Yarlene, I think, let's see, Harleen Garcia is the way it's pronounced. Um, they signed him. He's a lefty from San Francisco. Been pretty good. Um, I'm really actually very happy about this signing. I really, really am. I think this is a good one. This was a, a quality left-hander. He's handled about 60 innings and 60 games for the last couple years. He's a one-inning guy. He comes in, he gets the outs, good slider, good changeup, decent fastball, gets enough strikeouts. In fact, Jim, you know me. I try like hell to find the bad side of things that I think are good and vice versa. Right. I couldn't find anything I didn't like about this. This was a good signing to me. It may be the 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 one I like the most, uh, ironically, it's not going to get, and I know a lot of people are just like, eh, you know, not a power, not a power. Pa- I, we got, we got to get away from that too. As far as like, not everyone's going to blow you away with power numbers. Um, you're building a staff too. You want diverse skill sets because you want people sure. getting different looks. When you bring somebody in from the bullpen, you want them to have a different look than, than who was starting. You want, you want them to have a different look than who you who they replaced, one way or another. He gets enough strikeouts. He's, you know, um, but he's going to use his defense behind him, and ho- hopefully that's okay. But they actually uh, made I, a pretty decent investment in him too. Two and a half million dollars for this year, um, with club option with, for three point two five next year. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, the exact kind of deal they need to be pulling. That was what I like to see with that one is like, it seems like everything's been one year deal, one year deal, one year deal. Well, he would be, if he comes out and pitches decently, it'll be a bargain. And he's somebody that they can still count on for actually another year out of this. I I really liked that signing. I think some people overlooked it, but it really filled a need for them, Gary. At least. And and I think they have more needs. They definitely need more left-handed pitching than just that. They addressed that in some way, shape, or form a little bit later that we'll talk about. But let's finish up with the free agent conversation. Right. Uh, Vince Velasquez. I'm less enthused about this mm. one, Jim. Yeah. Now, I'm less <laughs> enthused about this one because uh, pretty much the same reason that I felt, um, well, to be honest, last year, I didn't have a whole lot of hope for Quintana either. He turned out really well. And Quintana, if you remember, he stunk in the first couple starts in spring training. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's washed. Um, Vince Velasquez, though, um, here's the thing. If the Pirates see him as an option for the rotation, I'm not very happy. If they see him as a signing for the bullpen, even if it's like a long man or swing man, spot start type thing, I'm still not excited but I at least can get behind it. You know, I, I, it's a worthy, a worthy attempt. I mean, we complained 
constantly last year about all the waiver wire pickups to fill out the pitching staff. I, I hardly feel like I can complain when they go out and sign major league pitchers. That said, I'm a complaining. Just not that happy with this one, man. I, I, I don't see it. Sight should have been a little higher, I thought. Yeah, if you want to get excited about him, the Pirates have done really, really well with uh, helping guys discover their sinker and use it to improve their overall offering. He has a sinker, and he's just really bad at throwing it. So maybe they can fix that. And if they do, perhaps it turns him into something. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. And they signed a Boris guy. We should probably celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's just somebody that like as far as starting pitching goes is is he really any better of an option than Zach Thompson? I don't That's know really that he the is. Story, isn't it? It's going to yeah, be like, I don't know Thompson, that... or is he better than Bryce Wilson or Zach Thompson? Maybe. Maybe. Um I just like you know, I would have preferred hey if you're intent on, and I'm worried that they're actually thinking of him as a starter, um, that concerns me because I, th- I look at the bullpen and I'm like, mm, what's what? Where does he really? What does he really accomplish there? So that it, it worries me a little bit. I was I was disappointed with that one. I would have rather put that money towards someone else. Yeah, not not a huge fan. That said, again, I'm certainly not always right. I wasn't a fan of the Quintana signing either, and that certainly worked out. Again, and he credits he's only, Oscar he's only Marin, thirty, and he he credits Oscar Marin for turning him around. So I I'm truthfully, you know, I'm I'm open to this guy shocking me. I just yeah. on the surface, and it's not, no not big loss. Least. It's not it's no big loss um, if it doesn't work out either. But it depends so. on how you look at big loss because they paid him. And, and what I mean by that is they actually paid him real money. They don't do that to people that they're just going to stick in the bullpen or cut. $3.15 million is more than they paid Quintana or Anderson. Uh-huh. That, that's why I feel like they're probably thinking of him as a starting option, and that stinks, uh, to be honest, because they also won't cut $3.15 million. Even if they should, no, they're not. They wouldn't do that. At least he's he's only thirty years old, so we're not talking the, a, a guy that's literally at the tail end of things here as far as age goes. Um, I don't know. This could even be like a Miguel Batista situation. You know, you bring a guy in and he's really going to be a bullpen arm, but you you sold him on a chance to like start again and. Well, it doesn't work out in three or four weeks. And, you know, then you call up Zach Thompson, who you stashed in AAA because he has options or something. Yeah. You know, it, who knows? This, this may end up working out. Again, they may end up helping him. And then you're like, wow, genius move signing Velasquez. So I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be as strong about it as I was with Quintana. I all but laughed him off last year. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and tell you I messed up hey. last year. I ain't doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you never you, you, you never know. We'll see in spring training how he looks and then maybe that's what they're waiting to, to see to see where he fits. 
Yeah, man. Hey, let's take a, a break now, and when we come back, let's talk a little Roll 5. Oh, let's do it. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's Roll 5 time. Everybody's favorite. (laughs) Months and months of consternation over what amounts to be next to nothing. That's Rule 5, everybody. Um, That pretty much sums it up, Gary. (laughs) Yes. Now we're gonna we're gonna start with the major league portion of it uh, first. Can I can I just give you some props? You were so so adamant about Malcolm Nunez, and uh, that was spot on. That's a perfect example of us getting uh, or people getting too worried about certain guys and. Uh, well, now, again, I, was I was wrong. About, I was wrong I, about about Blake Sable. So. <laughs> I, I was wrong. I love that you almost called him Cody Sable. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we should protect him. Um, but uh, I was wrong about Blake too. I, I but uh, but I'm not. I'm not upset about it either. Well, Alex tried to warn us. But the thing, yeah. the thing is, I, it, I always framed it with who I was worried about losing. I was never worried about losing Blake Sable. Um, I know that he grew on a lot of people last year, but I just think um, he's really he's got utility man written all over him and really average bat written all over him to me. Uh, I don't think there's anything transformative there. I find it hard to believe he'll stick all year on on the San Francisco Giants. Um, where he was dealt immediately by the Cincinnati yeah, Reds what, who picked him wasn't up. That- it just happened how does, to the Pirates a couple of years ago. We, that's how we got Luis Oviedo from the Mets. Yeah, so, it's weird how teams jump on that. Well, it's a, it's it's not even like San Francisco is like, oh, they got him. Let's trade. They they work that stuff out in advance. Like you guys are going to take this guy for us because you pick so high, and then we'll trade and give you this. And yeah, that's all there is to it. You, a lot of teams do that stuff. So. I get it. The Pirates wanted two two roll five drafts the year they got Luis Oviedo, and they worked that out with the Mets to make sure they did basically. So it's just it's just something that a gamesmanship thing that these play these teams play. Anyways, they lose they lose uh, Blake Sable, and you know, again, you don't really want to lose anybody, but it's it's. It's kind of the best outcome, really. You didn't uh-huh. lose like um, Cody Bolton or Gorski or um, Tanaj Thomas. Even you get to keep that flamethrower project in your system, um, or or Nunez. To be quite honest with you, yeah, I, I would have been. I would have been. You don't want to lose Nunez, right? No. So. All, all things considered, losing one player out of what we had exposed. Because I, I did see a lot of lists published, and there were multiple pirates on those lists. That was eye-opening for a lot of people. Um, speaks to the system getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do hate when people are like, oh, we lost Sable be- just so we could keep uh, Robert Stevenson on the <laughs> 
man, you don't understand what's going on with the roster. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. If you protect more guys than need protected, eventually, when you sign free agents, which this team still plans to sign more free agents yet, um, you, you're going to have to clear spots. And if you've put these guys on the forty man to protect them from the rule five. And then have to turn around and put them on waivers to take them off. Then you've given them away for free with no roll five protection. There's there's a lot of moving pieces to it. Yeah, it's it's you you have to be you're playing chess, not checkers. Okay. Hopefully. hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll get into that later. Is where where they were probably playing checkers, where they needed to be playing chess when we get into the second portion of the roll five draft, but. We'll start with the major league portion for now. And that was the big loss. Now the pickup is Jose Hernandez, big lefty. Um, Jim, it's exactly what I wanted a left-handed pitcher. I wanted them to take one of them. I wanted Eric Miller, but I like this one quite a bit. Jose Hernandez, he can hit a hundred on the gun, big kid, big arm. Um, And again, low risk shot. It's $100,000 to take this player in the Roll 5 draft. You throw him in spring. You let him try. If he makes the team, he makes the team. If he doesn't make the team, he doesn't make the team. You send him back. That's all there is to it. That's where you should be at this point. If you truly want to improve as opposed to steal somebody's prospect, which is what some people, including the Pirates, try to use the Roll 5 for, that's what you do at this point. You take a guy. You give him a tryout. If he works out, he works out. Yeah, and and the more I looked at this this guy, I, Gary, I, I really like it. You know, um, I think he's actually got a really good chance if he's not if he doesn't f- completely bomb out in spring training. I mean, like you said, upper nineties. He's touched a hundred strikeouts or are. are are way up for him. Yeah. He's not even that wild. Um, you know, his very his deep whip, system. Yeah, you know, like, like a lot he of would, teams he would have been protected. I, I, right. Well, hey, put him in the Pirates minor league system as a lefty. Oh yeah. Uh, where you know, he's he's immediately at the top for lefties. Yes, he or, or play immediately. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like um and you, you know got, you signed we just talked about signing Harleen Garcia, right? And I talked about, you know, he's very consistently given his team sixty innings, you know, sixty games. Well you need more left handed pitching than that. So you know I And we I talked think, about the variety of it too, what kind yeah. of pitcher. So now you got a, a softer tossing lefty who's a veteran. And now you bring in a, a big flamethrower lefty. And if it works out, hey, that's great. That's great. They still need to sign more guys. They really do. Got to get more left-handed pitching in here. But this is a swing you'd be a fool to not take. Yeah. I, I Like I said, the more I looked at him, I'm like, okay, this guy actually has some ability 
And it's hard to find something with him that suggests, and he's already had a taste in double A and he did really well there. So I'm as hopeful for this type of guy as you can possibly be. Now that's the major league portion of the rule five draft. And it was relatively uneventful, which most pirate fans should be pretty happy about the minor league portion. On the other hand, Let's explain it first, okay? Um, I'm going to explain it as briefly as I can. Basically, teams can protect up to 38 eligible players on their AAA roster. The Pirates opted not to use all of those spots because they're anticipating signing minor league free agents and and ROIs and whatnot. Um, Or not ROIs. um, Invitees, non-roster invitees, NRIs to spring training and whatnot. And uh, they need to place players who clear waivers on that roster. So they left some of them open. They lost 11 players in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, by far the most of any team. Um, I would read them all. I don't think most of you will know any of their names. So I'm only going to hit the highlights here, Um, just names that you might recognize. Jared Olive is probably the one you know the most. Um, yep. Not not a huge deal, really. I don't I don't see where he was going to play. Uh, Joe Jocks, left-handed pitcher that I personally thought could have made it into the Pirates bullpen this year. So not super stoked about losing him. Uh, Trey Magoo coming back off of Tommy John surgery. I uh, was interested to see how he did. Uh, Emmanuel Meja, right-handed pitcher, pretty decent, uh, lower-level guy. And that's about all you're going to recognize. Wilkin Ramos is somebody I was interested in personally. <clears throat> and uh, Joelvis de Rosario is another young pitcher that I think is pretty, pretty strong. That said, most of these guys aren't going to matter. Um, the minor league system needed purged a little bit. Uh, if this didn't happen, there was going to be a big cut day coming anyway. I was just going to say like, there was going to be some of these names anyway. The difference is though, if you're the pirates, don't you want to control who gets cut as opposed to who gets taken? Uh, I think they could have done a better job here. There's a few names on here that I think I probably would have, tried to protect if I were them. Uh, Joe Jock's probably the top of that list. But I'm not going to split hairs. I don't think a single one of these is going to matter. Uh, I mean, well, history tells you that that's almost always the case. Now, I mean, we'll see. Um, But the two things, I guess, that jumped out at me is it did sound to me like maybe Sherrington was a little surprised that 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 so many were taken. Uh, he said and, they were going to review their practices because, yeah. uh, you know, it may not be great that that happened. And, I mean, I'm glad to hear him admit that. It's kind of some rare transparency from him, you know, to admit that maybe they, they dropped the ball here a little bit. Again, I don't think it's a huge deal, but 
It's certainly 20, not something you you want to control. Anytime that many have got yeah, and anytime that many guys get taken, yeah, I mean you probably should just take a look at it again. So, I mean that that was the first thing, but the second thing that jumps out at me is, and I think this is something that you know, it's actually complimentary is, hey, if you've got that many guys getting taken and selected and um, kind of poached. I mean, that speaks to the better shape that your minor league system is in, Um, that there's some risk Or that you're slow walking, guys. You know? I mean, there's a little bit of that involved, too, where maybe you're being a little slow with some of these guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. So who did they pick up? Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I've studied these guys because if I don't think it matters when other teams pick ours, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it matters who we picked. Um, these we are got, not the guys you sit there and lose your mind about that. They just got some right. diamond you, in the rough. If you managed to get something out of this, um, congratulations. And that's pretty awesome. Um, Wei Chin Hyung from the Giants is a right fielder. And another outfielder, Josh Palacios, they picked up from the Nationals. Now, he's had some major league cameos with the Nationals, which tells me they probably see him as a non-roster invitee (laughs) type person. Right. Um, Which, that's fine. We'll see what happens. Um, They also tried to pick up a raised shortstop, Johan Lopez. <laughs> let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about Johan Lopez is he was currently on the restricted list because of steroid suspension. Um, the team knew about the suspension, not the rule that he was ineligible to be selected. So, I mean, when you're a team I don't know that, what to make. I don't know what to make of that. When you're a team that struggles for credibility, <laughs> and then you do something like that, it's immediately going to make people laugh at you. And the few people that are out there willing to uh, spin their wheels trying to defend you are probably going to be a little frustrated that they're trying to defend something that stupid. Somebody goofed. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, Gary, and we, I think I think most people will get this. Is this is your fantasy football league draft sitting around at Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> and you're you're in about the twelfth round, and someone's like, "I'm going to take so and so." And everyone laughs because he was drafted five rounds before that, and you didn't know, and you weren't paying attention. And everyone's like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, every year that happens. That's what I picture when the Pirates did that. You're absolutely right, man. That that is very, very good. I I mean, I don't know what to make of that. Um, it, It shouldn't happen. I can say that. It shouldn't happen. But it did. So, you know, you know, and then part of me also wonders is like, man, are there just is there just one point two billion rules out there and 
I thought you were going to say, were there like 1.2 billion Lopez's in people's lower minor league system? Because <laughs> it was John, John Smith. There very uh, well could be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, I, I laugh at it, but I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe, I don't know. I had never heard of that happening before, but things are covered now more than ever. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I can be, I'll be honest. This is the first time that I can remember the minor league portion of the roll five draft being covered and talked about like, yeah. Um, most of the time it's, it's a lot like the international draft. You don't really hear about it until, you know, the list comes out and, <laughs> right. and, you know, I pictured John Drecker, like with the pair of binoculars, like sitting at some Dominican tiki bar, like staring <laughs> over at this podium, like, writing down names and stuff. I don't even know how, who's who he has his contacts, but that dude is the one on top of all that stuff. So maybe, shout out to him. Maybe listen, I saw Travis Williams in that video. Maybe what happened, Gary is Travis showed up. No one knows who he is. Maybe even there. And they're <laughs> like, Hey, they're like, let Travis make a pick. Let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see what he does. And uh, so the, he gets in there and he sits down and you're like, Travis, buddy, you're on the clock. You got this one. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like ben was like, Travis, this shit isn't going to be all on me. Make a pick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pouring, pouring his, his glasses fogged up. And yeah. he's, uh, Sweat just pouring down his yeah. face. He's like, no. He dra- and then Travis drafted a kicker in the second round, and everyone everyone well, he laughed gets confused at him. and just screams out Josh Archibald. All in all, though, active winter meetings and um, the Pirates participated in the free agent aspect of it a little bit, but when you know millions and millions and millions of dollars were were tendered towards people and and the pirates come away with, you know, what, $5 million worth of investment. You're not going to get excited about it. You're just not, um, they're not done. I will say that they were, they're definitely signing more people. We heard from Mackie, there's interest in Tucker Barnhart. Um, that'd be a good signing for them. I don't know what that means to the whole Roberto Perez situation, or maybe they think they can get Tucker Barnhart for the same price and the same effective and not worry about him getting hurt as much. Falling apart. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I like that. To be honest, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. He, he had a really bad offensive year last year. There's, there's no getting around that. Um, he also decided all of a sudden to become a switch hitter again last year. Yeah, so um, <laughs> younger, more durable, obviously. Um, Perez, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I will say that part of the thing that I mentioned that my concern was that some of these deals were going to get a little stupid, and um, some of them have. I was shocked to see what Tyone got. Um Good for him, by the way. His, that guy's been through a ton, and he got a huge deal with the Cubs. So I, I hate that we'll have to see him, but um, I hate that yeah. ballpark for him. I, I yeah, but hey, for, for him, I I would have taken the deal too. 
Oh, I'm saying God, for him, to. though, I hate that bull. I hate that ballpark. I I'm just hey, pay for it. You know what? As much as that guy's been through, to all, and, and really serious questions about whether he was ever going to be back, for him to go out and get four four years almost seventy million dollars, super happy for that guy. What He's else been is through in the so news much. here? So the Cubbies got Bellinger, right? And they they signed him to a really weird deal, like twelve point five million dollars with a five million dollar buyout. Basically, if, if they if he comes comes in and he stinks so bad that that they can't do it, they just they just pay him five million dollars to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really it's really not a not a bad deal at all. Yeah, and for an that. option year oh, yeah. for next year. That said, you know I think he'll beef his numbers up in in Wrigley. That it's as much as it's not good for Tyon, it's pretty good for him. Yeah, he'll beef his numbers up in Wrigley and leave after this year and go get paid somewhere. And uh, Padre, or, he'll, or he'll strike out three hundred times and think <laughs> out loud, and Cubbies will pay five million to go away. Yeah, I mean, and then on the other end, we got the Padres. They're still finding scratch somewhere. I don't know, man. They're they're. <laughs> I saw someone, an anonymous GM, saying, "I don't know where they're getting all this money from." We'll see. So, um, I mean, I, I got this from uh, Craig's got some contacts out in San Diego, and he just uh, sent this to me today. the The parking lot they own all the parking lots all around them. The cheapest going rate right now is ninety four dollars for crappy for crappy place to park. 200 for the tailgate lot. So like for every game, like if that parking lot's full, that's 200,000 a game. And they got a new mega deal too on uh, cable. So they found some money, (laughs) (laughs) man. And, And I will remind everyone, the pirates don't own any of their parking. They don't get a dollar from it. So, Yep. And they have a really crappy cable deal, even if you like AT&T Sportsnet. So it, it is what it is, man. The league is not a, a, a even playing field, but um, you still no, can and, play the game better than they do. So, and we get, yeah, and I mean, hey, look, you know, Judge ended up staying. Um, yeah, after, after that weird, like, Heyman thing. I don't. I guess he kind of broke the story that he was going to San Francisco, and then Judge's camp was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! Hold up!" And then yeah. he went back and got the the deal done with the Yankees. So, I mean, that's how I always Phillies. thought it would end. So there you go. Yeah, I I I, I slanted Sam Fran, but the Yankees decided they just couldn't and weren't going to lose him. Phillies got um, Trey Turner till he's Phillies. dead. Yeah, Phillies are loading up, man. Um, so, yeah, he'll be, what, 41 at the time of that deal expiring, I think? Yeah. 40, 41. Yeah, but if he was he's the Pirates, had- they would trade him when he's 39. That's what you're saying. <laughs> hey, you know. Look but see, at, but hey, Turner's a different a different case, though. You, you know, And actually, this is cool to bring this full circle, and then we'll wrap up the show. But, like, we talk about, like, um, Brian Reynolds, we're not worried about him all that much. Well, Trey Turner's a different animal. You know, he he's a speed guy, a speed player. When that speed does start to fade, and it will. I mean, even Sidney Crosby's not as fast as he used to be, although the league wishes he was. It's 
at some point that catches up with you and then he's got to reinvent his game. He's all about defense and speed and using that speed to just torture defenses. He pushes the envelope constantly on the base paths. He's a terror. I like the signing for them. I think that that fills a huge need for them. But yeah, by the end of it, he's not going to be Trey Turner. So no, I mean, you could even make a case with him at 30 at 35, 36. I mean, are you getting the same guy? Probably not, but they could eat it. That's the difference. Yep. And there's the rub. It is. So, Hey, we finally were able to get a clip of uh, our boy Ben again <laughs> to end the show properly. And that's really what we should do. So, uh, hey, from Pirates Fan Forum, Gary, Jim. Talk to you later, everybody. Ben, take it away, brother. Yes, you're right.